0: Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin.
1: Talk about podcasts. In this episode, we are going to talk about women and entrepreneurship. Inishan Silva is the managing partner at Eliage Consulting, an innovation consulting firm that empowers people and organizations to move towards a sustainable future. But that is just one side of Inish Life. She is also a co-founder and chief activist at Portuguese Women in Tech, a community that aims to attract more women to technology and supports those who are already working in tech. Graduated in economics, Inez is on a mission to build communities while helping entrepreneurs and startups to grow. For the past decade, Inez has been one of the most active drivers of the Portuguese startup scene. She co-founded Startup Pirates, PortugalStartups.com, startup Tool, and many other startup programs. Because Inês seems to have the time and the motivation for everything, she also worked as a Special Advisor at the Cabinet of the Portuguese Secretary of State of Industry, where she worked on Startup Public Policy. Ines, thank you very much for being here with us in the Talk About podcast. You are a young woman and an entrepreneur. You are only 31 years old, but you have done so much already in areas that are so important for our society, such as sustainability and gender equality. You are CEO you're involved in movements like Portuguese Women in Tech, you write about gender equality in the media, and also you already have an experience in politics. So how do you do it? How do you find the time for doing everything?
0: First, I think I don't do everything at the same time. So I think that helps. (laughs) Um, And secondly, I I started very early. So um, when I was still in college, I, I did a lot of like different initiatives especially around entrepreneurship um also i, I start getting involved in some movements uh, around women in technology so i start uh, started very early on um and since then i i have i haven't i haven't stopped it so i have all every day i, I try to do things that i'm passionate about mm-hmm. uh of course doing my my, my job but i think but these things um are also my job so basically what i try to do is to um combine all these different areas all these different um, things that I'm interested in uh, into just one that is my life and the things that I I, that I try to do and I think one thing one thing feeds the other so it's not something that like it's not something that that I I say like from nine to five I'm going to do this from five to seven I'm going to do that so it's something things feed each other and Mm -hmm. one thing gives me energy for the other so I think that really helps uh, in terms of being able to do a lot of things in a lot of different
1: fields, um, and uh, yeah, and doing things that I'm very passionate about. Okay, but you started by studying management, and then you went to the tech world and the startup ecosystem. So tell us a little bit about you know this uh, this um, path that you choose for your career. So I think it all started when I decided to go to, into management
0: uh, and study at the University of Porto. Um, I realized that I, I did. I, I decided to pursue this career because I wanted to, to have a strong foundation on something, uh, and I thought like management could be a, a good starting point. But I always liked technology very much, so this was not not something that was new for me. I was always the geeky and the techy uh, in my house, um, and so basically when i was still studying um tech, tech, uh, management i fell in love with tech entrepreneurship and that's how that was my my pathway to to like to develop more things around technology um because i've really felt in love with this area with all these possibilities and opportunities in in a field that was still not very not very explored in portugal Um, and so this was 2010 and 11 so it was early on of of the portuguese tech scene uh, and i was there in the right time at the right moment um starting developing a a few projects uh, around this area and that's what what, what, that was what happened and then from then on i always worked uh, with technology, I've, I've done a number of programs, national, international programs, to develop my skills around this area. So basically, today, if I look at my job, it's definitely a lot of like intersections. It's like the intersection between management and business with. Technology, but also with social innovation and uh, mm-hmm. and generate quality and sustainability. So I always basically I always bring these three uh, three or four areas to the to mm-hmm. the table because there are things that I'm, I'm passionate about, things that I've developed a lot of work and I've, mm-hmm. I study a lot to these areas. So yeah, it's I'm definitely not one dimension. I'm multi uh, multiple dimensions uh, in terms of the work that I do and how I conduct my life. Okay,
1: so do you think? Entrepreneurship responds to the responsibility of building and shaping a better world or it's just something pretty to say that only a few companies in Silicon Valley and around the world address with a real concern and a true purpose.
0: I think things have evolved a lot over the past like ten years. I remember in 2010 it was all about changing the world. Uh, I launched a program called Startup Pirates, and our motto was "Why join the Navy if you can be a pirate?" Because the idea was like how why don't you come and change the world and change the world for, for the better um, and i think that we, we were living a time of techno techno optimism so everyone okay. was very positive about technology and entrepreneurship and what was what what was happening and also because we were coming out or still very much in in, in terms of the portuguese case uh, out of a recession so uh, so basically people needed thing different things to 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 do and Tech, uh, technology and all those possibilities were like amazing. And um, and so I think at, in that moment, in that specific moment in time, I think technology and entrepreneurship was about changing the world. I think in 2020, things are a little bit different. So, okay. so the world was changed, but maybe not exactly as we wanted. And right now we are living the tech backlash. So mm-hmm. we see that people are revolting themselves against technology against this kind of entrepreneurship of a high scale fast pace uh uh, break things along the way and get things done but but i think we are basically we are going to the the other opposite so i i don't think that We don't hear as much people saying, like, I'm building this company because I want to change the world. They say, like, I'm building this company because I really believe in this product, because I really want to start something on my own. But I think the the whole idea of changing the world is less um, prevalent these days than it was like 10 years ago.
1: Okay. You're super involved in Portuguese Women in Tech. Tell us about that. What is the reality of women's presence in the tech ecosystem in Portugal? Last year, Portuguese Women in Tech and Deloitte published a study, Pioneers, that brought this reality to the public eyes. 38% of women in technology in Portuguese market have already felt that they were earning less than their peers just because they are female and half of them also felt discrimination in promotion processes so i ask you what it's like being a young woman in tech in portugal in 2020
0: yeah i think we we have to think about a few things here um so there is like the individual case where mm-hmm. if you talk with someone uh, in technology we have completely different experiences we have people that tell us like oh, i have like my experience is great, I'm in a great company, I feel supportive, uh, I feel that I can grow um, and, and basically that's, the, that's very positive and, and, um, and, and it happens a lot of times. Something that also happens a lot of times is like uh, women in technology sharing with us that in their, for example, their recruitment process, some of the questions that were asked were completely inappropriate um and they were asked because of gender um and and when i say inappropriate is like they were asked like if in school for example they were the ones doing the report or or, or just the report or also the the work and the project around uh, around it so things like this um, Mm -hmm. that that i think uh, that are still like a lot of there are still these kind of questions happening in the in the in the market these days and also we feel like especially after a few years, um, and especially after motherhood, um, a, a lot of women mention exactly like, okay, so now that I'm a mother, the expectations in, uh, in terms of like what I can do, or I cannot do, are basically are different. So, and then because they are different, so the, in terms of like the opportunities that are out there are also different. And then that basically makes that women st- stop Progressing and uh, developing their careers, so this is still the reality of uh, of like being a woman uh, in in technology in, in Portugal, and I think around the world it's not like, okay. not like Portugal is necessarily special in this case. Um, we also, but we also know that, and I think the numbers here. So this is like there are the individual cases, but then the numbers also matter. So. Only 40, 14.4% of the, uh, professional, the IT professionals are women. This is actually below the European average. The European average, I think, is 16.3%. So mm-hmm. it's not much below, but still is below the European okay. average. Yes, but I think po- worse, mm-hmm. just like to add something, worse than that is that um, only 12, 12% of the IT students right now in Portugal are women. Which means that going forward, we are actually going to see like less IT professionals, uh, women, uh, female IT professionals in the field than we see right now. So things are not improving, things are, things are actually getting worse. And I think this is actually a very important message because most people believe that with time everything is going to be great. But that's not necessarily what we are seeing.
1: Okay. but. How can we as a society can shape and change this reality so we can have more uh, women in the tech market by, educa- by the education system? What else? What we can change and do about it? Yeah, so I think it's in the education system, but not necessarily. Um,
0: it's, it's basically if you, uh, everything starts when girls and boys are five, six years old. Um, And a lot of the initiatives that we are seeing and also a lot of the initiatives that we do at Portuguese Women in Tech usually target uh, like a a older, um, basically older target. But what we are seeing right now is that we have to start making a difference very, very early on. I I recently read a a study called, that was about something they called the brilliance bias. So basically they asked um, five-year-old boys and girls, if they were able to do a very, very demanding task, and every uh, uh, both uh, both genders said that yes, we can do it, almost a hundred percent. When they are six years old, things changed. Uh, changed. So boys, uh, sixty, I think it's sixty-five uh, percent, something like that, said that yes, they can do it. But only 40, uh, 43% of the women say, yes, I can do it. Okay. So this is five to six years old. And what happens is that girls go to school exactly. and they are basically, for some reason, and and I, I'm not saying, I don't know exactly why, but for some reason, something happens where because they, they lose confidence that they can actually perform and do a, a very, very demanding task. And I think part of this is explained for the fact that um, if you go to any history book or any book, you only f- see things done by men. So we don't see... So there's the queens, or there are the kings. We we, we only know the, the, the name of two queens, actually. Um, they like the inventors, the the explorers, the exactly, uh, adventurers, yeah, and so men. on. Every, mm-hmm. uh, everyone is a man. I was seeing... Uh, I, I also read that there are more statues of men named John uh, in, um, in, uh, in the UK than of women. Okay. Uh, there are more CEOs named John than CEOs women. So basically, I think this t- tells you, and I think role models here play a very important role, and that's how, why we need to start very, very early on showing girls and boys that girls uh, women can also perform and are also actually performing a lot of interesting jobs Uh, being part of space exploration, being part of like building these companies. Uh, And I think with time we are going to to see a change uh, in the perceptions and then of course that will have an impact in the number of women working in this area.
1: Okay, so what kind of initiatives and actions are doing uh, the Portuguese women in tech to try to change this reality? So, with Portuguese Women in Tech, we have a dual mission. On one hand, we want to support
0: the women that are already in technology. And we do that by developing opportunities like working, uh, like trainings and, uh, and and giving visibility to the women working technology. And, and that's why we, we launched the Portuguese Women in Tech Awards, for example. Mm-hmm. We launched the mentorship program. Uh, we launched like workshop series, hackathons. So we do a lot of different initiatives to help those already in technology. Something that we are also doing now, and hopefully in 2021, we'll do actually more is to, to go um, to uh, uh, high school girls and uh, and primary uh, elementary school girls and, and 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 show them that are the, the, these examples of women in technology, show them that um, these role models of women in technology. We have done this in the past. We launched two booklets that were then distributed in, in the schools, where we, basically we showcase the, the, the stories of of women in technology. Uh, of course, that's not enough. We want to do more. Um, but this is something that we are also very uh, very much focused on, really increasing the pipeline by showing girls that this area can be for them. And by saying this, I'm not saying that everyone should pursue a, a career in technology. I'm definitely, I'm definitely against it, and I'm definitely not promoting it. I'm just saying that I think girls should have the opportunity to consider that as an, as an option. Because a lot of times people say like, oh, anyone can go to technology, which is true. But I think our decisions are not made in a vacuum. So we are influenced by the context that we are, by the people that we see around us. So we need to be aware that our girls and women studying technology, st- like going to, going to space, uh, building amazing companies to, for us to be and want, uh, and want to be like them. And that's our main focus.
1: Okay, so Católica also launched an award, the Women Entrepreneurship Award, that finds that fights for gender equality in Portugal. What do you think uh, of the role of these movements? Uh, because besides Portuguese uh, Women in Tech, you have other uh, uh, initiatives that are happening nowadays in, in Portugal that shows that this is uh, uh, really a concept, gender equality, that it's important. For for the the Portuguese uh, startup and tech ecosystem, I think I want to go a step back because I think because I
0: think why is it important? Right? Because of course, on on paper, we can always say like, okay, by in terms of just world, a fair world, we want a world where women and men are uh, have equal access and equal opportunities, but also. Something that we are seeing, and that, this was very clear in the gender gap report from the World Economic Forum, was that the the gender pay gap is actually increasing and not decreasing. So once again, it's not like with time things things won't uh, uh, miraculously um, uh, solve themselves. We actually need to do something about it. And and so basically, and w- w- what the reason the gender pay gap is increasing is because. Um, on one hand, women uh, perform jobs that are out- being automated faster uh, by technology. Women still don't access many jobs in the um, in this area of, of this uh, the area of technology. That is the area that is increasing, like growing the faster, where salaries are no increasing. More opp- opportunities, more, mm-hmm. more opportunities, exactly. Mm-hmm. And third, women still don't access capital. And this, uh, this is for you to have an idea, for every hundred dollars in VC money, so venture capital mm-hmm. money that goes go into startups import, uh, in Europe, sorry, ninety two go to uh, go to um, teams only of men. Okay. So eight dollars actually are left on the table for teams of women or teams of women and men. Um, and I think this uh, uh, this is what we need to understand. This is the reason why we need to make uh to to actually do something around this and that's why i feel these movements are so important so so, some of them work more towards women female entrepreneurship that's Mm -hmm. a whole area on its own where i think the numbers for portugal are only two percent of the tech companies in portugal are built by women so two percent is a very very low number Mm -hmm. um and then uh i think it's even lower um, than, I think, on average, again, lower than the average, European average, and uh, if you, if, if you compare, compare ourselves to the US, uh, as well, lower. Um, and, then, um, but, and then there are movements like of women in business where still there's a lot of things to, to be done. And then there are movements of women in technology that focus more on training, and focus more on visibility, and fo- focus more on community. So there is space for everyone, and there is so much work to be done and so many things that we need to get done, um, that of course there is space for everyone. And I think, uh, and, and we are, have been working more and more together with each other to uh, accelerate um, the, our, basically the, our goal. So uh, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I, I believe in movements and I believe movement, movements can make a big difference. Okay.
1: But regarding the, the access, uh, to capital, that it's a very important issue, as you, as you pointed out, um, for women to be able to stand up and be, uh, uh in a larger number, uh, in the tech world or in the interne- the entrepreneurship ecosystem around the, the world. Um, do you think that, you know the VC funds uh, also need more women to uh, get more capital to the entrepreneurs, uh, f- to the female entrepreneurs. For sure. So there was a study the other uh, that
0: I, I read the other day that showed that. So it was like the same pitch, so the same company, the same numbers, the same traction, everything and the pitch was voiced one pitch this was voiced by a male entrepreneur and the other, and the same pitch was voiced by a female entrepreneur the difference in terms of percentage of investment i think it was 60% so i think it's 60% of the i don't remember the numbers so basically the difference was huge so okay. uh, the the the, uh, the investors were much more likely to invest in the the uh, the male voice pitch in the, than the, the female voice pitch, and again same pitch, same company, same uh, numbers, everything the same, but for some reason the fact that the pitch was done by a, a guy. Is, uh, basically the investors are much more interested in that in that niche mm-hmm. so i think th- th- again there is a lot of gender bias or um uh, unconscious bias in, in in this area in this field and um, and so we need uh, a more diverse VC community so uh, the venture capitalists should uh, should uh, should have in their firms people for, from different or different gender different um different backgrounds different races whatever. Because we definitely need these um, this these uh, this VCs to be uh, more closer to uh, basically a different target group.
1: Okay, but do you agree that uh, because of that bias, we should have uh, accelerating programs just for women entrepreneurs? Should we have you know positive discrimination in tech and in the startup ecosystem in general? So. Uh, We at Portuguese
0: Women in Tech will launch the Future Female Founders Programme. So it's a a pre-acceleration programme for aspiring female entrepreneurs. Uh, So if I I didn't believe in that, of course I wouldn't launch the programme. So we do believe in that. We do believe that we need need programmes that target women specifically we were very surprised because we got 96 applications, we thought like we were getting maybe 30 so we were that's very a great very number happy and surprised uh-huh. is a is a lot of a lot of applications um, and we are very so we have done 2 weeks now and we are very excited with the program and uh, and i think a, a lot of interesting things things will come out of the program so that's one thing of course i, I do believe then talking about gender discri- discrimination, if you look at the Pioneer report, that was the last, uh, the last uh, uh, idea, or basically, if when asked, well, like what, when asked, what should, uh, should be done to promote or to uh, decrease gender discrimination, mm-hmm. uh, the last thing that uh, is selected is um, positive discrimination. Quotas exactly. um, are like uh, a very. Um, a very big discussion everywhere around the world. Um, I usually, I, I'm, I'm, I'm personally um, um, in favor of quotas, um, but even though no one and and me uh, the same, like no one likes to be some in uh, somewhere where they know they are there because of the quota.
1: Exactly.
0: Uh, I've been in places where I knew I was there because I was a woman or because I was young, uh, and but the thing that instead of like focusing on that, what I try to do is like how can I make the most out of this? Um, and I think that should be the question. We right now we have like uh, we don't have many CEOs that are women. We still have so in the public and private companies in Portugal we don't have many um, female CEOs or female board members. We need more because those women can. Uh, and be role models and examples uh, to other women that are like, just climbing the, the career ladder. So we definitely, like I, I, I believe that we need a positive discrimination towards women. So because we, there's so much that needs to be done to get to a point where, um, where we have act, uh, equal access to opportunities and, and so on. That. If this helps, uh, that's great.
1: Uh, And if this helps, uh, we should definitely do it Mm -hmm. because it gives more confidence uh, to to the other women. Uh, uh, But it's funny because when you see that you have, when you look to the code system in Portugal, you you know that you have to uh, go to the the main goal that is to achieve one third by twenty twenty and. You know, you look to the boards of uh, the public companies and you see that, well, we didn't get there as we should. So it's like, uh, even with COTUS, it's very hard to, to put more women in, in the boards. Uh, yeah, I think we, get, we are doing something. So I think things are
0: improving nonetheless. Um, mm-hmm. We are not definitely not there yet. Um, I think uh, some some countries are making it very mandatory with big fines, so if, if there is big fines, there is big solutions. Um, so, um, yeah, I think we will get there and and I, I think um, we, yeah we are, we are seeing that
1: happen. Okay. Um, also, in, in the, the startup ecosystem, we hear this a lot, you know, to fail is to learn. But it is more difficult for women to fail than it is for men.
0: Actually, it's very interesting, that question, because um, there is a... So we talk a lot about the glass ceiling. So everyone knows about the glass ceiling. So like, there is a ceiling and women cannot go any further. But there is also something called the glass, uh, glass cliff, which means that in a lot of cases, women are selected for jobs, usually like CEO, CFO, COO type of jobs. So leader leadership roles only when the situation is so bad so bad so bad that nothing like no one can save it so um we we go and get a a, and get a a woman there's like a lot of um uh, studies uh, in a lot of online you can you can read about this and one of the the examples that they give is like they they in the same room they put um so they, they they select like a group of students and then they split the room in two and to one, uh, basically, they tell both of them the same story. So, or, no, sorry, they tell different stories. So they say, to one group, they say, so we are organizing this, um, this festival. Uh, things are going very, very well. But we need someone to, to, uh, to, give, uh, to help us, uh, basically, an extra hand. Should we hire consultant A that is a woman or consultant B that is a man? And basically, to the other group, they say like we have we are organizing this festival. Things are going very very bad. Um, but should we hire consultant A that is a woman or consultant uh, consultant B that is a man? And a very interesting ha- thing happens. So uh, when the festival is going well, almost I think it's 80% or, or, or I think it's like 60% of the the students select the male, the male. consultant when the, the festival is going badly I think it's eighty six percent or eighty one percent select the the female consultant mm-hmm. so this is something is interesting this is interesting so basically something is in our minds that when things go bad, we just call a woman when things go well, we just call a man and so and, and then of course like um Women end up like being in these situations where, of course, they are prompt to fail. I think a good example of this is Theresa May from the UK. So she was put there because no man wanted
1: to be there. Uh, And and there was like
0: no actually solution for. For the problem that she was trying, like what they are trying to solve, and they still are trying to solve exactly. it. So for and some reason, Boris
1: is not uh, getting to a, a, so, a good solution. I no,
0: exactly. <laughs> so basically, they just selected a woman. Um, they, they 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 gave her the job, and they expect her to fail. And and she, of course, she failed. Um, and then, of course, she is. Uh, and then she's recriminated because she failed. She's um, and of course everything that goes uh, bad that happens is on her. And then we see that a guy comes in, doesn't do anything differently, but somehow we manage to uh, to keep him there uh, a little bit longer. So I think like failure is definitely seen different ways, not only in terms of like um, failing and then. Um, uh, and learning from that, but also in terms of like how the perception that people uh, have in terms of like who, who to select to save a situation that that's, that's going, going, is going through a failure.
1: Okay. Uh, so now changing a little bit uh, the subject, you are also involved in projects that work in the sustainability area. Can you please tell us a little bit more about your work in this area?
0: Yeah, of course so a lot of our work and um, and here like I, I I'm the CEO of a, of a consultancy firm I have co-founders and we have a team and a lot of our work started with around food waste so uh, so food waste is a big problem everyone knows that there's like uh, every day enough food goes to waste that uh, uh, or a lot of food goes to waste. It was enough to feed uh, everyone that is um, uh, that currently um, doesn't have any uh, any food, um, and so there's a lot of problems around. Like there's like the social component of food waste, and then there's like the sustainability and environmental part of uh, of the food waste problem. Mm -hmm. So we start developing work around that area and trying to develop solutions. There is no silver bullet, so it basically requires a lot of different initiatives, a lot of different solutions um, to target different parts of the process from the very beginning to the very end. So, um, and then of course, we start working more and more uh, with circular economy. So how can we make sure that nothing goes to waste and basically the products and or whatever we are doing is goes back into the productive process so we do a lot of work around basically around these areas with food with also with textile um and other areas this is an area that in portugal is still quite early on there's a lot of things to do we see a lot of we see a lot of things happening from the um like the consumer part where the consumer is demanding more solutions and um, but still portugal is not necessarily a good case study because we are still very much price driven so um this is uh, this is of course a challenge anywhere independently of um, the area we are talking about so w- yeah we are tr- we are working more and more with uh with companies trying to help them go through this basically build a new mindset where products don't are not developed to go to waste but products are developed to then um to, to be reintroduced in our productive uh, production system and um, yeah but still as again it's still a very early process um, i'm very excited with this area because even though like we have been talking about sustainability for the past like 30 years um but
1: i think now it's more of a time to actually make a difference here. Yeah, yeah, because we see a lot of investment and funds, such as the Next Generation from European Union, that have sustainability and the fight against waste as a core value. What kind of projects in this area can take advantage of this vision? Um, uh, you talked about uh, the, the food industry, the textile industry. Um, what all change? industries mm-hmm.
0: all industries that have some kind of like a physical product can benefit from from this it's about designing products with a different mindset it's about being careful about uh, with every uh, every step of the way um, about what's happening to your product uh, it goes back to um, like even like repair, for example. So mm-hmm. I, I can give you a story. So today, I, I, my my father asked me to to repair, uh, um, call it like the machine. To um, it's one of like a small machine that he has. Anyway, um, and uh, and basically I asked for a quote, and the cost of repairment was higher than the cost of a new one. And basically, this shows that there is no incentive for you to repair what you have, Mm -hmm. even though the the problem that you have with your uh, with this specific machine is very very small, and uh, and you could use this machine, I'm sure, for many years to come. But the but but basically, there is no incentive in doing so because the cost of repairment is so high. And I think this is the kind of thing that we need to think from uh, very early on. It's not it's not thinking about like okay, so in the end of the of the, of the process. I, I don't want to send this to a landfill, I want to recycle this somehow. It's more about like from the first day that I'm thinking about the value proposition from the, this project, how can I make sure that um, along the process is uh, people are able to repair it, people have access to extra parts, People, like if it goes, if it needs to, parts of it in the production process need to, um, we have ways we can then uh, reintroduce that in the production process. So it's a completely different mindset around like circular design, circular economy, that I think most companies will have to go through, Um, Mm -hmm. but right now it's it's very, um, it's still quite new.
1: Okay, and what uh, sustainability projects around the world do you follow and think that will shape the future of business and of course the future of world
0: so there are a lot of things um, right i think there's there's still a lot of things that needs need to be done so one project that i i don't actually remember the name but so packaging is a big challenge so every time that we receive a package like we buy a small thing and comes a big box and um, all the logistics around it i think packaging is something that of course, will need to change. Um, even the other day, I, I, I bought a, a, like a magazine, and it was packaged in um, in, in a compostable uh, material. So basically, I can put that in the trash because it then is, is compostable, so uh, it can go into a landfill. Um, so basically, um, this is an area where I, where I think we are going to see a lot of progress, um, mm-hmm. and I think companies need to start investing in. Alternative solutions for that packaging because the solutions that most companies are using right now are definitely not um, not uh, adequate, so we need to do that. Um, Another thing is of course food waste. There is a big so this is an area that probably is like more developed. There are companies making clothing out of um, Mm -hmm. milk, for example, or uh, there are companies making so. A lot of different products making a lot of different products and um, from waste food waste for example and i think we need to see more uh, more of that that's definitely an, an area that's uh, hopefully we'll see a lot of progress textile as well is the second uh, food waste food is like the biggest waste in the world mm-hmm. textile is the second biggest waste and a lot of like production systems and a lot of what we know about fashion, like fast fashion and um, and all around that, will have to change uh, going forward because we cannot keep on using a piece of clothing for um, a, a season, one 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 season, and then yeah. tr- uh, mm-hmm. throwing into, uh, into into the trash. Yeah. And there are also a lot of, of models have to change. Yeah, exactly. I think the, the kind of clothing that we need to change. And and I think the problem with, or the challenge with this big issue that we are talking about is that it required not only a change of process or a change in marketing or a change in the materials that are used, but required a change in mindset. Mm -hmm. It required that people look at their clothing, look at their food, looking at their packaging and so on in a different way, and also demand solutions that are more environmental friendly, uh, or at least and, and and I use this environmental friendly. I think is uh, we should not use this anymore because I think it's it's not enough. We need to be, be using products and uh, and, and so on, and and so on that are able to to have zero impact in the world uh, in, the, in the in our environment and not are only environmental friendly. So um, I think this requires definitely a change in mindset that will take some time. But we have a ticking clock, so um, the uh, the. Uh, Climate change is happening. Um, We we know it. We 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 already feel it, Uh, but uh, that's why we need to start making changes in this area.
1: Okay. So last question, Inish. What message would you like to give to young entrepreneurs uh, of all genders? You know, female and male. I think it
0: goes very much aligned with um, what what we are what we were talking before. Is like building. It's not only about building products or building the biggest company in the world. It's also about making sure that we build a company that has a positive impact in the world around us, social and environmental impact. I really like the framework about the there like five P's. It's like profit, planet, um, profit, planet, uh, prosperity, purpose, and partnerships. I think it's like this, but I, maybe I'm missing some piece. But uh, but I, I really like to feel like things need to be aligned you should of course when you start a company it's so hard to to, to think about all these things from day one um and maybe you don't need necessarily to think a lot of, uh, about everything from day one but you need to to care about these things you need to build a. for you to succeed you need to build a company that is um is gender, in, uh, gender and um, uh, race inclusive and uh, diverse and inclusive? Uh, you need to build a company that has um, doesn't have a negative impact in the environmental in, in the environment that we or uh, the, in the, the the place that we are. Um, we need to think about this from day one um, because otherwise, um, I, I, I don't think that as a company you will be able to succeed uh, because consumers are going to demand to know more about the company that they they buy from and. And 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 basically to buy from companies that are more aligned with these principles, um, and oh yeah, and I think that's that's that should be the message. I, even though it's a, building a company is one of the biggest challenge in the world, and be, especially building a fast growing company, the uh, technology based. Um, but uh, but at the same time, I think we cannot forget that um, without a planet that is uh, livable. We 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 don't need companies for uh, we don't need companies. We, sh- we need to make sure that this planet keeps being uh, a, a space for creation, you know, for creativity, and uh, for, for everyone.
1: Yeah. Okay. Ines, thank you very much for being here with us. Thank you once again.
0: Thank you very much for the invitation and for the opportunity
1: to be here. And uh, yeah, and good luck to all the entrepreneurs that are listening to us today. In this episode, Inish talks about her passions and its intersections, from technology to business, from management to social innovation, from women empowerment to sustainability. She also explained how she manages her time, fighting for the causes she believes in, like gender equality. For Inish and Shilva, there's still a long way to go into making the world a better place, and women entrepreneurship can help, she's doing her part. Talk About Podcasts.